Hey, everybody, who loves coffee? I love coffee. I know you love coffee. And if you don't love coffee, you know what? You should probably start loving coffee. And I got just the coffee for you guys. You can go to lionsofliberty.com slash coffee and purchase a bag of The Morning Roar. Uh, It's a partnership we have with our friends at Anarcho Coffee. Uh, It's a delicious blend. I drink it every single morning out of my French press because I'm classy like that, and it's the best way to drink coffee. You don't have to drink it out of a French press. You can put it in your little fancy Keurig machine or your coffee maker. However you drink coffee, you can get it that way. Um, you're going to get the coffee, so go to lionsofliberty.com slash coffee. You're going to follow a link that's going to take you over there, which makes sure that we get a little credit for kicking some business that way. We get paid. It's fantastic. So make sure you're buying it through this link. And I also want to remind you that there is a, uh, a code. If you join the Lions of Liberty Pride at the $10 or higher level, we have a coffee code that is going to get you 15% off every time you buy the Morning Roar. So check it out, lionsofliberty.com slash coffee. Welcome to Felony Friday a presentation of the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, John Odermatt. Felons, friends, freedom lovers, somebody who is all three, anybody out there? Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of your favorite show, your favorite criminal justice reform centric show, Felony Friday, where I bring you a new show Every single Friday. I know, shocking. It's right in the name right there, though. Felony Friday is one of three shows on Lions of Liberty. The two other shows on Lions of Liberty, one is hosted by Mark Clare. It's our longest-running program. It's also our flagship program, where Mark interviews leaders in the liberty movement. And every Wednesday, we have a show hosted by Brian McWilliams, uh, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty. And lately... It's really the only way I get my news. I'm so sick of mainstream news. I've basically blocked it all out. It's Brian McWilliams and the Lions of Liberty news links, which you can get the Lions of of Liberty news links by joining the Lions of Liberty pride at the $15 and up level. You get those delivered to your email. But uh, yeah, you can sign up at Patreon dot com slash lines of liberty to join the lines of liberty pride and today's show is a great show it is a episode of libertarians in living rooms drinking liquor i got two lions who join me for today's episode we'll play a little is it a crime we'll talk about some very heavy cases in the criminal justice system and we're gonna drink a little bit so sit down relax Or don't relax. I don't know. Maybe stand up. Maybe get excited. Maybe you're at the gym. Maybe you can't sit down. Anyway, just get ready. The show notes page, you definitely want to take note of this. It's at lionsofliberty.com slash FF191 because we're going to put all the links. And by we, I mean I will put all the links to uh, from the show, every story we're going to discuss today on that page. And that's it. Let's get into it. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Felony Friday, joined by two familiar guests here to the loyal Lions of Liberty fans, Mr. J.B. Lubin and Rico, the elusive one named Rico. I thought it was Rick. 
Rick, yeah. I actually like Rick better. Kind of, I think Rick is more fitting for you. I don't like the anglicizing of your name, personally. Yeah, no. Got to stay with my heritage. Exactly. All right. Embrace your roots. Fair enough. Rick kind of reminds me of like a an angry baseball dad who like his son's not getting to play enough and shows up to the game half drunk. That's is that you? That's Rick? Randy. That's a, <laughs> oh, you know that guy? That's not you. <laughs> no. It's not me. I, I actually I did get a, a angry a couple times this year, but since I was a coach, I was um, perfectly in charge of how much each playing time each kid got. Uh, that's right. When you were uh, we were up at Pork Fest, it was like a big game, right? I forget. Did, yeah, we won. Won that game? Did you, to, did you win the championship? No, we lost in the semifinals. There were some bad managerial decisions that game. Still beat myself up about it, but. You know what? All you can do is learn and prepare for the next year. You wake up at night in a cold sweat, shaking. Punch a few holes in the wall. You know, (laughs) you got to cope somehow. Yeah. Well, let's let's get down to business here. Before we do that, let's talk about what we're drinking. So, uh, Rika, looks like if I had to guess, I would say you're drinking sangria again. No. No, it's I found it too hard to make. Plus, I had a really bad hangover on Saturday. I was like, whoa, I haven't had a hangover like this in a while. It went away quickly, but still unpleasant. I didn't really have time to make anything. I found a sour beer left over from somewhere. Uh, so I'll, that's what I'll I got. Sour beer. It's pretty tasty. JB, I'm going to guess so? uh, scotch. Uh, actually, wrong. <laughs> I actually have a, a blended Irish whiskey. Nice. Yeah, the Quiet Man Irish whiskey blended. I got it as a birthday gift, so I figured I'd crack it open for a special occasion. My triumphant return to is it a crime? Excellent. So, is this the first time you've had this Irish whiskey? Yeah, I actually even haven't even tasted it yet. Oh wow! Well, you have to let <laughs> us know. Why <laughs> And the moment of truth. Oh, pretty solid Irish. There you go. There you go. It's good that? enough for JB. Good enough for you. I am drinking uh, Fathead's Session IPA. What's it called? Sunshine Daydream. It's delicious. It's a local uh, Pittsburgh restaurant. I think they have one. In, actually, it might have started in Cleveland. You have Fathead's up in Cleveland, Rico? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. very popular. Yeah. Isn't that the, the sports thing with the life-size stickers of your favorite athletes? It is the Isn't same that? name, but a, a different mission. <laughs> it's not the same company, umbrella company that makes stickers and beers and no. No, unfortunately so. not. That'd be a much better story, but they do make delicious food. They do. Your Their sandwiches Avera. are really good. Yep. So try it out sometime, JB. I so will. if you're ever in uh Pittsburgh or Cleveland, Felony Friday fans, check out Fatheads. It's good shit. With that being said, speaking of <laughs> people traveling. Donald Trump was, uh, what was he at? The G7 conference. And he went through, where was it? I think this was back in June. Okay. Yeah, this was a while ago. So she just comes out with this now, apparently. Or was the article from June? Yeah, I think she like said something to someone else. And then that person probably leaked it. So the queen, Queen Elizabeth is just walking around her estate over there mumbling about this. She's so, I guess we'll start with, uh, We'll just call this, is it a crime? (laughs) Is it a crime? Should they do time? 
so Queen Elizabeth's complaint here was that Donald Trump's helicopter, which I I, I guess they what do they does it travel over on I guess they bring it over on like a different on a plane or something? They're not flying a helicopter over there. Over the Atlantic, probably not. Yeah, probably. Or they bring it over on a ship. I don't know what the hell they do. Um, apparently, it left scorch marks in the lawn of Buckingham Palace, and the Queen is very upset about this. Um, complained about the grass damage to another state leader, Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison. No idea who the hell that is. And uh, that's about it. Not much to this story. Just a fun one to kick it off. What do you guys think about this? Only the hard-hitting stories on Felony Friday, Obi. Jeez. <laughs> the nation turns its eyes to us to hear what we have or well, see tr- what we have. Truth be told, the rest of this show is pretty heavy-hitting, so I wanted to start off with something light. Yeah. Probably a good start. Uh, it seems kind of ridiculous. Uh, not that big of a deal. I think with their funds, uh, they can easily replace this grass. And I don't feel too bad for the queen because I don't know that she really has had to work as hard as maybe other people. Uh, or she was more born to her station in life. Do you think she's ever worked? <laughs> well, if you count appearances and all that crap, but I, I think she's been overly compensated for the work she has had to do. So one of her, you know, she also... Uh, apparently there was some kind of complaint about landing at one of the, the castle of Windsor. Some, some other times like, well, if you just have multiple complaints about people landing helicopters at multiple different castles that you at own your castle, yeah. it's like, yeah, okay. That's, you don't get more first world problems than that. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I don't think the queen has worked because my loose non-dictionary definition of work is stuff that you don't have to like you. You have to do, you know, what she does that would resemble work is really more of a hobby because she has a choice. It's not like she has to put food on the table or anything like that. I don't think she's actually ever truly worked. I suppose if she just never made any public appearances or did anything stately, and at, they kept at that for she's been queen for what fifty years. Is she Other just than that? I think since like the fifties, right? Yeah. So if they if the line of succession just never did anything, I think maybe the people of England would probably reconsider their support for the nominal monarchy, and maybe uh, I don't know they uh, whatever. I don't know what would happen if they stopped supporting it because that. Uh, family still is incredibly wealthy just from all their holdings. Speaking of like monarchy in general, I guess I never thought about it this way before, but there's never a king and a queen at the same time, is there? Because it's always like it's inherited. If it's the daughter, then she's the queen. Because yeah, Well, there's something, uh, there's like a king and queen consort, which is like what you can be. Like you can have a king like Henry VIII and his queen would be queen consort. Versus Queen Regent, which is the ruling queen. See the difference? Whoa. What? <laughs> yeah. JB is much more uh, well educated. So than a Queen me Regent is a ruling queen like Elizabeth II, Victoria, Elizabeth I. A Queen Consort is just the wife of the king. Okay. But she's still called sense? Queen. But if she's the queen, still queen but, but you're called Queen if the king is ruling, right? And yeah, you're, you're still a queen, king. but you're not queen but, regent. But Queen Elizabeth's husband is not 
king. He's, he's a prince. Yeah. He's a prince. Yeah. That's what threw me off. Like, why? Why wouldn't he be king, too? Well, I'm not sure. Maybe because giving him that title might. I don't know. Make maybe he just, her. Maybe he just didn't yeah, deserve her coolness, I guess, because yeah. I don't think I don't think Queen Victoria had a king. And Queen Elizabeth I famously never married. So I can't think of any other time it would have come up. So I'm not hmm. sure. Interesting. Maybe we can have a spinoff uh, UK history with JB since <laughs> he knows the <laughs> ruling uh, lineage down pat. Could all blame the arsenal for that. But anyway, this despite this king and queen nonsense, this is really just a classic case of get off my lawn. We need to remember the queen is 93 years old. Okay, and she's not only complained about Trump doing this, which the headline kind of misleads you into thinking she complained. She complains about every world leader flying helicopters onto her lawn. She had to prevent Obama from doing it six times. It's like, don't fly this helicopter over here. So it's just a, a, com- was it a general six times or, or did Obama want to land six helicopters? Maybe I read. I that think it was one. six different occasions that six, he probably visited her. Not six helicopters at once. And he probably requested each time and. And she told so him to happened, fuck off. What so, happened here? She told Trump to fuck off. And he's like, yeah, she could fuck so off. That's what the article doesn't say. Maybe she said no. And he just showed up anyway, which would be pretty interesting and so. hilarious. But it doesn't necessarily mention that part. Oh, well, I mean, I know we, we could probably talk about this the entire episode, but <laughs> I don't think we're going to go to war over it. We'll have to uh, move on. Never know for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, doesn't the Queen rule over the Canadian? Does have some influence over? I almost said Canada, Canada. Uh, technically, some, some technically, she's still Canada's head of state, so. a part of the Commonwealth. She's on their money still. Yeah, that's so weird. Anyway, um, let's move on to something serious here. Jump right into, and I'm sure everyone's familiar with this case. Well, everyone who's listening, I'm sure most of the country's not. But a few months ago in Houston, if you remember, there was that raid where uh, a couple was was killed. And, you know, right after it happened, what was it? The the union police chief or not uh, the union head police head came out and staunchly defended cops and called out people who were giving police officers a hard time for this. It really just like it was a ridiculous press conference. I forget the guy's name, but. Slowly, stuff started leaking out that like this was something was wrong here, and I mean from from the start, the neighbors were saying that you know these two the the couple who were killed are Rogina Nicholas and Dennis Tuttle. Neighbors were saying like these people never never sold drugs or anything like that, and the cops were saying that they had the warrant to raid for them selling heroin, Um, and it turns out that. The one cop, and he's been charged with tampering, Stephen Bryant, um, for allegedly providing false information in a report after the raid that supported another cop, Go- I feel like so, McWilliams, Gonas, about a, a con- confidential informant. Yeah, Goins was charged with murder, and yeah. the other guy was charged with, I think, accessory either before or after the fact. Either he helped support, yeah, he helped cover it up after or the, he helped. Okay, he covered it up after the fact, and he only got Bryant only got or no, wait, no, Goins only got two years. Is that right? No, no, whoever got charged with, no, neither one of them has been sentenced yet. Uh, the one cop has been charged; he faces up to life imprisonment. The other cop 
who I guess covered up after okay, the fact yeah. faces up to two years because he w- apparently wasn't involved with the actual raid or the actual killing. All that mm-hmm. had been done, but then he tried to help the other guy cover it up by, I don't know, That's falsifying right. documents or whatever. So that is up to two years. The cop who allegedly murdered the two people is up to life. So, yeah, I got my notes messed up here. So th- this is what I wanted to ask. The cop, so yeah, it's it's a potential two-year sentence for the Stephen Bryan for covering this up. But potentially, maybe this happens often where stuff like this does get covered up. I mean, doesn't two years seem like a super light? Um, I know he hasn't been convicted yet, but potential sentence. Probably won't even serve that. Probably just do probation. Uh, it's, I think that's tricky because if you have nothing to do with the actual underlying act, it's more like an obstruction of justice. Um, so how do you, how bad should you be punished for an obstruction of justice charge? Mm -hmm. Should it depend on the severity of the underlying crime that you're trying to cover up? I I don't really think it should. You don't? That's interesting. No, well, I guess there, there should be some link, but like if you're charged with trying to cover up a, you know, check fraud for $15, you probably shouldn't go to jail at all. Yeah. About 15 um, million though. Yeah. So I, I guess there's, there's kind of tears, but I, I, I think if you go to, to jail for two years for basically obstruction, I think that's a fair penalty. Two years is a long time in jail and he didn't, have anything to do with anyone dying that they'd already been done. So that's the people were dead regardless if he did anything or not. Now, if he, I guess if there's a pattern of behavior where this has happened more than once, then you're looking at something else because then you're almost complicit in the killings because you're, you're helping a person do this repeatedly. If it, who knows if it happened repeatedly, but well, I mean, it, uh, they're starting to look into that. So in this guy, I don't think I said this guy's full name. It's Gerald Goings. And um, so essentially what he did is he lied and said that as a confidential, he said that he had bought drugs for himself off of them as a uh, as an informant, when in reality, he just bought the drugs for himself. I don't know the whole story there, if he was using the drugs or, or what the hell was going on. It seems like a really strange I, thing. I couldn't understand. I tried to look at it a little bit more. I didn't have too much time, but what was his motivation for killing these people? I think, I, don't know. I think it was just a bus went wrong. Am, am I, am I wrong? They, the, it doesn't seem like that. No, it's, I don't know if the, if he was, who knows there could, this could be deeper than, uh, than we think. And, Is and it maybe, like a training day scenario where he thought that they had a bunch of money and he was trying to rob them? Oh, why would he set them up? Is that what you're saying? And I just don't understand why anyone died. Like, what the fuck? Was he just buying per- drugs for personal use? Why would a weapon be fired? I, I don't understand anything about Why would he make up the story to initiate the raid? That's that's the question. Well, I think these like, are two separate issues. I'll read from, from the article here in CBS News. It says, initially, Houston police maintained that after officers entered the home, Nicholas tried to take away a, a shotgun from an officer and was fatally shot by officers who saw what was happening. So that's what I read, that the reason why people started getting shot was because they're claiming one of the residents of the home tried to take a shotgun from a police officer. But this says, and I don't know if you're reading from the same part, independent review by the family 
of Nicholas earlier this year cast doubt on that portrayal. I, I remember yeah, that's the next that, line. That yeah, yeah. That's why I wanted. I prefaced that by that's the police's story of right. what of what happened. So maybe he legitimately thought that they were drug dealers. He didn't have a warrant. He was wrong. He entered in without a or legitimate warrant. Bad things happened. Uh, he ended up killing two people, then tried to cover it up after the fact maybe, with a. Maybe this shit happens all the time. Where, I, where they're making it does. Where, where they just make this up. Yeah, yeah. I, I bought. You know, the, I did a drug buy off oh that guy. Is. If you don't think this happens all the time, you have way too much faith in criminal justice, which would be ironic given your show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess what what I'm getting at is. It's probably a case of this guy thought he was being a hero. Uh, you know, he's going to get these drug dealers. Who cares if I haven't followed mm-hmm. the process? Uh, I'm not one of those cops who follows the process. I just get things done. You know, one of those asshole cops, rather than something underlying going on behind the scenes. But that's just. I mean, but if that was all there was, because there's plenty of times where cops don't have legitimate warrants, like they may be invalid for whatever reason. They they face no consequences for their actions. So there's got to be something going on a little deeper than what these stories are saying. I just couldn't figure out what it was. Yeah, there's, it's, this is a very confusing story because they're saying that Goins um, admitted to buying drugs himself. And, and the article doesn't state whether it was under the pretenses of being undercover or whether he just wanted drugs and that's how he knew exactly. it just he admitted to buying them themselves under what like pretense right because mm-hmm. that makes a huge difference in in the story and what his motivations might be there's a lot like that we're not actually getting from the story right now which is making it difficult for us that's why i think i we're finding it so confusing that's a really key like him admitting to buying them themselves versus uh what him and Brian claimed that there was an informant that told them this, why he did this and how he described that is where is a key piece of information we need here to well, bring. Let's, to let's talk through each of those. Cause I think the one, so say he's buying them for himself. Okay. Uh, so how do we get to the point where he's pinning this on them and initiating a raid? Is he so? Does he get caught with the drugs? Maybe potentially, says, yeah. So, so maybe that's what happens. Maybe he gets caught with heroin on him, or another cop sees him, or he shows up high or something. Or who knows? Well, I don't know if he could excuse that for being <laughs> undercover. <laughs> I think it'll be interesting once there's actually a trial. What the legal defense theory is? Mm-hmm. Um, a, a couple of the things besides the actual. <laughs> Uh, underlying cause of all this uh, I found interesting were one, he got let out on bail. Uh, not that exorbitant of bail. It was 150,000. That's uh, not much at all. For Jesus. a double murder. And he's on GPS home monitoring. So I think most times people charged with double murder don't get bail period. And he got fairly low bail. I think for a double murder, I, don't know the statistics, but 150,000 for double murder seems pretty low. And he got GPS. And and given the uh, proclivity of juries acquitting cops, he might never see a day in jail. Well, that might be one of the reasons why his bail was so low, because he's not much of a flight risk, because his chances of not going to jail are unfortunately but, pretty but low. But the story, one of the stories said that they had 
uh, the prosecution had thought about waiting for more developments or, or, uh, investing in a, a little bit more, but they decided to act now and issue the indictment because they were afraid he would flee the scene or flee the area. Mm-hmm. So if he's a flight risk, he's so much of a flight risk that they have to kind of speed up the indictment maybe before the investigation was completely uh, finished. But he's not as much of a flight risk to require a higher bail than 150000 And he does have a GPS monitor, I guess. But I don't really know how that affect how effective those are. They can be manipulated with. I'm sure where there's a will, there's a way in a case like this. It, it, it is, yeah. This is. I mean, the more the more I think about it, the fact that he's out right now on bail and potentially could have a drug problem, maybe could be unhinged. Uh, it's it's just does not add up at all. Uh, I don't know. This this case is well. Him personally knowing those people wouldn't surprise me at all. Them having some connection through this that doesn't involve him pretending to buy drugs from them one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that wouldn't um, surprise me in the slightest. There's a lot more to this than we're seeing initially. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with that. Um, I don't know. So, or did they say when this? They, they don't say when this is going to trial, do they? Well, it, I think the indictment was maybe in May. Mm-hmm. So, if if that's true, I'm guessing the trial won't happen until next year. Yeah, the only time a trial happens faster <laughs> than that is with Jerry Sandusky. Exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, it's like a year. <laughs> you know, there's a discovery, except in Central Pennsylvania. All right. Oh man. Yeah. So we'll definitely be following this. Um, I do. Uh, I do want to talk to Rayford Davis about this too. So maybe in a couple of weeks I'll have him on. Maybe we'll have more information. I'm, I'm sure Rayford will know this case inside and out because he's been following it closely. But uh, yeah, so we'll definitely keep tabs on this. Want to keep on moving here since we have a couple more crazy cases to uh, to talk about. Next one I wanted to get into. So this is out of Texas and there was a uh, – a guy on death row that was uh, just put to death on August 21st. So just over a week ago when you guys hear this, Larry Swearingen. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Tough names on this episode. Um, he had a lethal injection and the root of this story, uh, it all starts back in 1998. Um, he was convicted of killing a 19-year-old college student, Melissa Trotter. And to get through this kind of quickly, I mean, what happened was apparently he was seen talking to Trotter in a library, I think, uh, on campus. And he wasn't he was an electrician, so I don't know if he was doing work there or what. They don't go into, de- into detail in the article. But uh, turns up when they uh, when they found um, or no, I don't know where they found they found a scrap of paper somewhere in uh, Trotter's belongings. I don't think they found it on her body where it said Larry's name and his phone number. Uh, yeah, no, it couldn't have been on her body because that was after the fact. So they must have found it somewhere. In I think her, they her searched her dorm something. room or yeah. something. Anyway, so so they find that. That's the link to him. And that was really the only link. Um, a few days go by and they end up arresting him on separate stuff for unpaid speeding tickets, parking tickets, stuff like that, just to detain him. And he didn't get bail. Yeah, he didn't get bail. He didn't get bail on tickets. But uh, also in Texas, a cop gets bail on double murder. 
There's the duality of the criminal justice system. <laughs> Sounds Tying about right. it all together. So he- here's where like things get weird, or I guess it- interesting. So three weeks after after that, so he's in prison. They find Trotter's body in the Sam Houston National Forest. Seemingly, she'd been strangled uh, by uh, one leg of pantyhose. And uh, as soon as they discover the body, they charge Swearjin with murder. A couple uh, interesting things here, though. Um, the second leg, uh, a second leg of pantyhose was discovered in Swearjin's trailer by his landlord. But this was after police had searched everything and didn't find. Twice. Yeah. Twice. Didn't find any pantyhose. So God knows where, where that came from. And uh, since that time, uh, they've been retested and proven not to be from or thought to by experts not to be from the same set of pantyhose um, overruling an expert at the time who testified during this original trial and said that they were from the same set of pantyhose. So that that's one major piece. The second major piece. And I think the most convincing thing here is so when they, the, uh, the coroner did the autopsy uh, they were able to cut, samples from Trotter's internal organs. And they, they can kind of estimate how long she was dead by that. If she'd been dead for a long period of time, and maybe JB can speak to this, having the bi- biology background. I don't know if he knows much about this. a pathologist, though. <laughs> Ta- <laughs> but, uh, Dr. Science. Exactly. Dr. Science knows everything. <laughs> but I guess, uh, you know, after a certain amount of time, your body starts to decompose and the organs liquefy. So they, they were able to figure out that she was... Th- this is not during the trial. This is after the fact, looking back on it, the, in- the Innocence Project trying to free this guy, that she was most likely killed while he was in prison, you know, making that impossible. And it's so messed up that the Innocence Project, you know, they were pushing, uh, you know, to have this, uh, you know, appeal and to get him off death row. And Texas refused to do DNA testing um, that should have been done. Uh, I guess they were trying to do DNA testing on Trotter's clothes, on swabs from the rape kit, cigarettes, but cigarette butts found near her body, and even the pantyhose identified as the murder weapon. They wouldn't DNA test any of that. Instead, they just sent this guy to uh, to be killed. So crazy case. I've been talking a lot. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, JB, I see his mic's on mute, so I'll I'll begin. <laughs> uh, if you have any faith in justice being done in America, then you're naive. There's such an incentive, like the appeals court doesn't really care. Um, they just want finality. They, there's a presumption, which is kind of ludicrous that there's actual justice being done at the trial court level. Um, in my opinion, there's always a bias towards the prosecution at the trial court level. The majority of people on a jury believe the prosecution, believe police officers. For what reason? I don't know. They, there's just that's the, the playing field at every single level is uneven. It's always tilted towards the prosecution. So you, you have a better chance, I think, of being pros, or being convicted at the trial court level. Then once you're convicted, the appeals court doesn't want to hear if you're actually innocent or not. Um, I think the Supreme Court actually had a decision a long time ago where actual innocence isn't a grounds for reversal on appeal. There has to be a procedural defect. Like it doesn't matter how convincingly you can show that you're innocent. It doesn't matter unless there was some kind of legal error. 
So in that case, being wrong about my guilt, a legal error. Uh, not not to the Supreme Court, I guess. I haven't read that because <laughs> I was, would consider that to yeah. be right. No, no like just me. If you got to play by the rules and the, and everything was administered, quote unquote, fairly, you know, then it doesn't matter if the jury was wrong and you're innocent. We're still going to, you know, maintain that decision, which I the most embarrassing thing I think about this is if if you're a supporter of the death penalty, I think this is an embarrassment. I'm completely anti-death penalty, Mm -hmm. not so much because I think it's unconstitutional because I don't think it is. If it's in the constitution, it's hard to say it's unconstitutional. And clearly there was capital punishment being done in the 18th century. The way it's is a joke. Uh, The racial disparities are a joke. The the wealth disparities between people who are um, even pursued for a capital case, it's a, a joke. Um, everything about how the death penalty works is a travesty. And if you are in Texas and you read about this case and you still support the death penalty, you're a fucking asshole because 99% chance this was an innocent guy put to death. And you're fine with that. If you continue to support the death penalty in the future, Mm -hmm. because it's going to happen again. Wow. I guess I just want to make clear because this timeline was, it's kind of crazy. So, I think what so if Swearingen did not kill her, um, what would have happened is she was kidnapped, somebody was holding her captive somewhere, and then she was killed eventually. So it, w- it would have been that she wasn't killed immediately upon her disappearance. That that would have had to have been the case. So I think that's important to point yeah. out. And, and also the the prosecution accused Swearingen of raping Trotter before she died, despite zero evidence of rape, no semen, no defensive wounds, or any other um, indication of any physical struggle whatsoever. So it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it is crazy, Rico. And they come in, there's no, there's really zero evidence. It's just basically the prosecution of the cops saying, this is the guy. And yeah, and oh, we believe you because you're the prosecution. God forbid mm-hmm. it'd be on impossible for you to lie or to stretch the evidence or just want to think that your initial hunch was right and you mm-hmm. got the guy and now everyone can rest easy. So fuck all those people too. Right on. I mean, this is an indictment on the death penalty and this is a perfect case if you're arguing with somebody online, first of all, you're probably not going to win the argument because people don't win arguments online. But send people this case. You know, I'll link to it on the show notes page. Keep this one in your back pocket. Uh, this doesn't just happen one time. Uh, this this happens often. And, you know, anybody who has looked for more than a half hour at our criminal justice system uh, should be against the death penalty. And if you're not, you're you're an idiot. I'm sorry. You're, you're just an idiot. It's, Yeah. Well, Rico said it better than I ever could. Uh, rendered well, speechless, you, but this is a testament to giving the state the power of, over life and death, you know? Of all the things that you don't think the state should be in control of, you know? People's lives, putting people to death is should be at the very top of your list. Because of the corruption and incompetence, this is not a, this is not a responsibility that should be in the hands of the state whatsoever. Under really any circumstances that I can think of, you know, off the top of my head because of reasons like this. I think like there's an esoteric question involved here too, is 
Would you rather a guilty person, a, a guilty murderer go free? If you know everything, all else were equal, would you rather have a, a murderer go free or an innocent person put to death? And I think personally, I'd rather have the murderer go free. Not like, you know, you don't know mm-hmm. this guy's a hundred percent murder, but if it's 50, 50, but I don't even think this case was 50, 50. I just think the uh, finality of a person's life is so much worse than uh, a murder going free. Yeah. hundred percent agree with you. And that's, that's a good point. Because uh, there's probably a lot of people, I don't know, I don't know how what percentage it would be, but probably a lot of people who would also identify with, you know, killing an innocent person over letting a murderer go free would also uh, be in favor of, I don't know, bombing foreign people in faraway lands. So there's not a slight chance that, or they think they're preventing the the slight chance of them coming over here, which in actuality, they're probably it's probably promoting that uh, more likely to likely to occur. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe half the country would half the or at least half the Republican Party. <laughs> oh, the, the Republican Party wants everyone put to death. Uh, there are that we it's something that we have to really take into consideration. When we have these discussions. There very much are people who would rather see like rather put a thousand innocent men to death and see one guilty man go free. Those people do maybe not a thousand might be a bit of an bit of exaggeration, but there are people out there who will chalk that up to collateral damage. People rationalize it too. Like, well, you know, uh, those, those people, they're not one, they're not me. So I, I gotta be concerned with my own life too. And those, those people that are innocent, aren't really innocent. They were probably, you know, doing something wrong. Maybe they were smoking marijuana or something. So they're, they're not really innocent. There's no one innocent in this world. So yeah, That's the questions. bias that we're all talking about. Just the very fact that you're involved in the justice system at all taints you as guilty. Like innocent people don't even reach this point. Like the yeah. trial is, it, they basically treat the trial as like, you know, a dog and pony show. The fact that you're even here means you're guilty. Uh, and there's no budget on the prosecution. They can spend as much money as they want. They can get these clowns like that. The medical examiner who testified for the state, <clears throat> who apparently doesn't know that uh, she couldn't have been dead for three weeks. The organs would liquefy. You're a fucking medical examiner testifying in court. And how does that person live with themselves? When they find, okay, oh yeah, you know what? They're, they're they're right. If that person was dead three weeks, I couldn't have cut into the organs. Hmm. But th- well, that's it's, the, it's they the have. same thing. It's the same thing as that. I forget. It was probably a year or two years ago. I talked about. Remember that case out of Las Vegas, where that girl was accused of murder, and it was a guy that was found in a dumpster with his with his dick chopped off, and like nothing lined up with it being at all possible for her to have killed the guy like she couldn't have lifted if she was a tiny little girl this is a it was a big uh, i think it was a homeless guy like it wasn't even she couldn't even even possibly been there people saw her she lived like a state away at the same time as the murder happened didn't matter she's out now i can't remember her name blaze something yeah i remember that so um, she was in jail yeah. for a long time though yeah for a very long time and, and the pro yeah the prosecution was so i mean 
with all of this evidence against them, still fighting to keep her in prison. Just like, yeah, how the hell do you sleep at night? What is wrong with you? The the goal or the stated mission of prosecutors is to uh, bring about justice. It's not to win. That's the job of the defense attorney. They're, they're there to win, whether what you think of that mission or not. Um, they're, they're there to win, guilty or innocent. It doesn't matter. The prosecution is not supposed to be that same mentality. It's not win at all costs. It's we got to get the right person. And if we don't, we're failing. Whatever happened to the lofty goals of seeking the truth and stuff like that? Is that not part of that's like been gone for so long? No, that's not. Okay. No. There's okay. I don't even think anyone pretends to subscribe to that notion. Hey guys, just want to take a real quick break from today's show to tell you about a fantastic podcast that if for some reason you don't have it in your your podcast feed yet, you need to add it. It's called Free Man Beyond the Wall. Of course, it's hosted by none other than Pete Raymond, the artist formerly known as Mance Raider. Pete is an author. Um, he's a fantastic libertarian thinker. His guests range from everyone, the who's who, of libertarians inside and also people outside of the liberty movement. His topics, he's covering everything from foreign policy to the police state, immigration, politics, libertarian theory, history, everything and anything in between. He's some of the most interesting shows that I've heard anywhere from any libertarian podcast. And of course, he's had myself and Brian and Mark on the show too. So that helps. Guys, be sure to check out and subscribe to Free Man Beyond the Wall with Pete Raymond. Yeah, it's uh, it's messed up. Well, we, let's let's move on. So this next story I want to talk about, I saw this name. Well, actually, I think it was uh, Bobby Wilson who actually posted this in our Lions Pride group, the story. And I saw the name Mateen Cleaves. I'm thinking, that name looks freaking familiar. Who is Mateen Cleaves? And it made sense. Basketball player played in Michigan, what, in the early or late 90s, was it? Michigan was it? State. Michigan State. Yeah, that's right. yeah I was like uh... – Late nineties, two thousand. Yeah, so he is—he was acquitted of rape, and as we were talking before the show, Rico was saying that the headline is—the is, uh, headline is definitely misleading. The headline is "Jurors Acquitted Mateen Cleaves." Prosecutors say this video proved his guilt. So I'll link to this on the show notes page. Check out the video. Um, essentially, what what it shows is it shows Mateen Cleaves. I think completely naked outside a hotel and he's you see this woman who's trying to walk away from him i think she's naked too she might be wearing a bra um everything's blurred out so i still wouldn't watch it at work though um and he's just trying to stop her like he's just trying to like put his arms around her like stop her like steer her back to the hotel room and you know they're putting this out to be like he's keep holding her captive when I don't think the video necessarily shows that. Um, I don't know. Would they? Would people be happier if he just let her walk off naked into the night? Maybe she's disoriented or drunk. The problem with this article, though, is I don't know what other evidence or anything of what was presented during the case. They just show you this video and basically say, he was acquitted, but look, he's guilty. So I don't know. Did you guys find anything else here or what do you think? Other than other than this article and some of the the subsequent articles linked to it, not really. Yeah. 
Um, I don't think there would be anything in terms, I guess, either the prosecution or the defense discussing this video in any in any detail or why. I, I'm presuming like this was presented as evidence and the judge ruled it inadmissible. I don't know. I'm I'm come, I'm no, going I, off law and order I here. I don't know how this is going. What I think happened is it was evidence. Yeah. And he the judge issued a gag order until after the trial. So no media outlet could publish it until after the conclusion of the trial, which I think that's what happened. So um, uh, so why would a judge do that? Like under what circumstances would would a judge decide to do something like that? To put a gag order on to, yeah. I guess, prevent jury uh, a tainting of the jury. OK, yeah, that makes I'm sense. presuming maybe the jury wasn't sequestered. So if it's on the news and they're going home after the each day, then their family's talking about it. They're hearing the news talk about it. And then maybe they're um, getting impressions from people other than themselves, which is what the jury should be doing. Did Mateen Cleaves play in the NBA? I can't remember. Yeah, I think he so. Did. A few years at least. I think he actually made a play for the Cavs for a year or two. He's never that good in the NBA. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure he made a lot of money. Yeah, I so this took place at like just a CD, CD motel. I yeah, guess. I was gonna say he he made more money than one would think by looking at where this where yeah. he's staying at. Um, and it's it's, it's, yeah, it's like some motor inn. I forget the name of it. And uh, it says at one point that a resident of the such and such motor inn is like standing there where this is going on, and she testified and she said that uh, the woman was saying help, help, help. And this lady testifying said that she said, all right, I'm calling the police right now. But then no mention of like the police showing up or what happened. Yeah, I think they would have shown up if someone called the police and said, oh my God, this guy is uh, dragging this naked girl back into a a motel room. I think that would be a a call they would respond to. So, so probably she didn't call is what happened, I would assume. Yeah. But you think they could check those records? But I don't know. It, honestly, the more I talk about it, the more frustrated I get because honestly, all you have is he's acquitted, but look at this video. He shouldn't be. And they don't give any other evidence. If, if you look at the video, I, well, I read the story before I watched the video and I'm thinking, oh my God, how did he, he, he grabs her, he drags her back into the room. I'm almost picturing a scenario where he's in a van and he's like abducting a naked girl and dragging her back to the room. Mm-hmm. What it happens is she's kind of, she's naked, like you said, and she's walking. She's not running. She's more kind of stumbling walking. I would guess she's intoxicated or messed up in some way. He walks after her. If he was a rapist, if he was raping her, you would think he's like booking after her, right? He like kind of at least put some clothes on. Yeah, he's kind of like the way I I interpret it. He's like kind of walking like, oh, God, this fucking. But, you know, I don't know. But then he he grabs. He doesn't grab her. He takes her hand and kind of walks her back into the room. And so I think once I saw that. You don't think a person uh, um, kind of abducting someone or holding them against their will and, and taking them by the hands and gently walking them back to the room. So if I was on the jury and this is the only evidence you had to look at one way or the other, I would certainly find reasonable doubt to say he's not guilty of it. 
I I would I saw the video and the headline is a little deceiving. And overall, the video, I would say, is not a good look, but it's certainly not something that's a reasonable doubt. Like you could say, like they're both naked standing outside. There doesn't seem to be a very fierce struggle going on or yeah. like her running for her life or safety it just seems like two hammered people who should probably get into their hotel room from first glance. That's what it looks like. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought after seeing the video. And if that's your best evidence, of course you could always do the rape test and all that would show more. And there's no mention of that. So who knows, but just as based on that video, I would say you can't find beyond reasonable doubt. And you'd have to presume that if a, a bystander called the police and told them someone was being raped, that the police would show up. Yeah, it, exactly. Especially with a, a naked girl is being dragged into a hotel room. Well, I mean, the, yeah, let's, I mean, let's be serious though. You call the police and say that they're not going to show up immediately. They're going to show up like a half hour later, probably. You're right. Yeah. But they're still going to question everyone. They're going to take blood alcohol. They're going to probably do a rape kit test. Um, they're probably going to look at the sheets in the hotel room, see if there's blood, um, any sign of a struggle in the room. Uh, they could look at Mateen Cleese and see if there's scratch marks on them, if there's skin under the woman's fingernails. So mm -hmm. there's a lot that could be done, even if they show up half an hour, an hour later. But I don't know if that happened or not. Yeah. Questions that we don't know the answer to, so might as well stop talking yeah. about them. Uh, lastly, yeah, I just want to touch on what's going on with the New York PD. Uh, I guess there's been, and JB, I, I, since maybe you're from the area, I don't know if you know any, any more about this than I do. Maybe you don't. Um, there's been some suicides lately with cops. There's obviously the cop who choked out and killed Eric Garner who did not end up getting convicted, but ended up getting fired uh, from the police. There, there was the incident a couple of weeks or a month ago where kids were, or maybe they were adults too, were throwing like water at police officers in New York. Cops claiming they're being mistreated and whatnot. Um, so essentially this union chief is coming out, slamming politicians saying that people need to lighten up on cops that were under, were under siege from all directions. And I'm here like, I mean, maybe you guys should start looking at some of these laws you're enforcing and the trouble it's causing. And maybe that's why people hate you. I, yeah. I don't know. Um, I had heard that. Um, I don't know. I don't have any insider information like being originally New York or anything, but it did come up, particularly about the Eric Garner case around there. I first started hearing about this spike in um, police suicides in the NYPD. Um, and I don't know, it, it kind of makes sense to a certain extent, not that that being a police officer, I find to be a, an incredibly difficult job, especially in a place like New York City, uh, mm -hmm. a, a metropolitan area, some place where there's actual um, there's an existential threat of something really serious happening at any given time. New York City's not Mayberry. I understand that. And yeah. like, I can understand a police officer feeling that if they work in a, a situation like that. But it's just a like 
it's just a testament that this is a very difficult job. And that is exactly why you should probably take more seriously who you decide to allow to become police officers, particularly a place like New York City or Baltimore, a place where you will be confronted with these types of situations that might be troubling to you. I can't imagine it's anything that, I don't know what the climate is in terms of how people feel about police officers. I don't think that's changed very much. There's always been a, a segment of the population that dislikes police, and there's always been a segment that lauded them. Where the needle has shifted in the past maybe five years or so, it, I don't think it, it, it's marginal in as far as I know. I don't know if you guys think I, differently. I don't think it's the climate that's causing more suicides amongst particularly New York. Yeah, I don't think the sample is big enough for them to, to say there's a trend. It's a stressful job. Uh, it's going to affect people differently. And certainly there's a uh, high rate of suicides in many stressful jobs. They're all a shame. I think one thing that you would, I would think about with police officers in general, like Odie said, one, they're not making any friends with the laws, you know, that they're enforcing. And typically no one's going to, yell at a, a police officer who's responding to a, a violent situation. You're going to get pissed off when you're being written tickets, uh, when they're viewed as revenue collectors, when like the Eric Garner thing, when they're breaking into homes and, and doing raids for drugs, which is bullshit. Um, you see, I think there's a lot of resentment. I think people trusting police officers while still I think more than it should, given just blind faith, uh, I think it's gone down and there probably are facing pushback in the community. The other thing I think is that I find particularly irritating about police officers in general is kind of refusal to break rank ever and say, you know what? That dude was fucked up. That guy should not have killed Eric Gardner or, mm -hmm. You know, in Cleveland, oh, that there's no reason that cop killed Tamir Rice and is not facing any justice. It's like you cannot speak out against another cop doing bad. And then I don't know if that adds to it. Like, I'm sure many police officers think that's bullshit. That cop doesn't represent what I stand for, or what I think, but I have to uh, act in solidarity and, and present a united front. And, and I'm sure that adds to stress, too, because they're thought of as well cop a killed eric garner you're not saying anything so you must agree with it and i'm sure that adds a lot of stress too yeah um this kind of plays into so this is i didn't send you guys this question but uh i don't know if we'll have time for it but it kind of makes sense of what we're talking about with cops so in the pride uh marty milligan posted a question what is the best way to isolate taxpayers from the financial consequences consequences of police misconduct? Should individual officers be required to have E&O, errors and omissions insurance, like professional insurance? Should the union have to supply liability insurance? Or should the police pension fund have to underwrite judgments? And I mean, I, I think this is... It's just important to talk about because I think it ties into what we're talking about right now. Is there's like there's a lack of accountability back to police officers, and you yeah. know they can fire a police officer like the guy who choked out Eric Garner, and 
um, ended up not getting convicted. He loses his job, but I'm sure he'll just go to another department somewhere, get a job somewhere else. But if there were other triggers in, in place that would either force him to either have to pay out of his own pocket or lose a piece of his pension or potentially not be able to get another job because he has a a bad rating, uh, you know, bad insurance rating. So, uh, you know, a, a, you know, police or a community might not want to bring bring someone like that on because it would jeopardize the rest of the force. Maybe it would jeopardize that force's pension fund. I, something has to be done, and I mean, this could start on like a. There could be towns that could test this out. I think that's that would be the best way to do it, and maybe some will start to. Maybe some have already. I don't know. It's kind of surprising when I think about it that police don't have to have their own liability insurance. I have to have liability insurance. No one's dying from anything I do. So do physicians. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. they could, oh, someone could, dies from like yeah. someone can die from what they do, but yeah. like you're saying, but they have it. Yeah. I, I I'm sick of the communities having to be the uh, insurance for any police officer misconduct. And they don't have any personal responsibility at all. And generally, they come out with a paid vacation. It's kind of mind-numbing, really. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense at all. Doesn't sound like we're too sympathetic about the um, police chief's here tweet. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, this kind of <laughs> did This kind of did turn into a cop-hating show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I mean... I don't hate cops, of course. I, I don't like. I don't hate the the, the what to say the the idea of law enforcement. If you're gonna have laws, you're gonna have law enforcement in some sense. It's just like you say, like the like the the culture of police, like policing in this country, it, it needs to change significantly for for everyone's advantage, the police included. Like they wouldn't mm-hmm. be so stressed and suicidal if policing was was conducted in a way that was amenable to all the parties involved. I th- like when I'm at like uh, when I'm at sheets buying a sandwich or something and a cop walks in, I shouldn't feel like, Oh shit, there's a cop in here. What, am, am I doing anything yeah. illegal? Wait, no, I'm just buying a sandwich. Okay. But isn't, isn't, I mean, I don't know if everyone, if everyone gets that feeling, but obviously you're driving down the road, a cop pulls up behind you. Are you am I going to the speed limit? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, the people who are supposed to protect you shouldn't also be the tax collectors. Yeah, they sh- you shouldn't be fearful yeah. as soon as you see them. I mean, yeah, the the more stories you read, the angry I get and then it's easy to kind of generalize, which isn't fair, but it's also way too prevalent to to write off as um kind of isolated instances where you know asset forfeiture these so many towns kind of run on their revenue collection they exist they have speed traps and Mm -hmm. and then they raise a million dollars a year from writing people speeding tickets and you're like what the fuck are you why do you have this person in this job if their only purpose is to raise enough money to justify their own job then just eliminate the job and stop taking money from people so certainly I have anger towards a lot of the how law enforcement works in general. And I'm not even that victimized relative to most people in this country. Me either. Me either. But yeah, it's uh, something has to change. Um, And things are only going to get just from the the climate of it all. You know, eventually we're going to get, because if you look at the, the rhetoric 
obviously right now with Trump, Trump's very pro-police. Um, you look at some of the Democrats running. They're running on a pretty much a very anti-policing stance, but they're not doing it in a way where they're like looking at the underlying root causes of the problem and trying to solve it. They're just doing it on a social justice warrior level, just trying to get votes, which is just stirring the fucking pot up. It's just going to encourage violence and unrest and, and all the all that bad stuff. It's not going to help anything. So it's going to be, things can get pretty wild in this country, unfortunately, before they get any better. But if you guys have nothing else to say, I guess we can, uh, you got something, Rico? I'm saying, I, I think I've said it all. <laughs> I think or you have. I've said, Rico, said everything you, my brain is, can think of. Rico came very prepared. Very Not prepared. really. That's, that's all. I just randomly kind of talk nonsense for a while. And you know what? You do it very well. <laughs> you, got, you got me fooled. <laughs> Pay me by the thought from now on. If, if you guys want to hear more from Rico and JB, uh, mm. you should probably join the Lions of Liberty Pride because both these guys, are, I think, are on almost every conspiracy corner that we have. I think you guys pretty much do yeah, we're, with Yeah, we're at the bedrock <laughs> of that program. And uh Rico's also on Degenerate Gamblers with Brian and I. And uh, yeah, so if you want more content with these two fine gentlemen, then, then join the Pride. It's five bucks a month. It's not that much money. Just uh, don't buy a coffee one day and give it to us instead, and you'll get more Rico and JB in your ears. It's easy, easy trade. Go to Patreon, patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. And with that being said... Uh, This is John Odermatt signing off with Rico and JB. Always remember to keep your head up and the fires of Liberty burning.